0: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: He is just an obsessive goal scorer.
3: Well, they have to understand I am just to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And I've got a problem with soccer to be fair. The
2: to...
3: oh, what they can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret.
2: All right, let's rock and roll. Welcome to House of Champions YouTube, friends. Drop in your comments and questions in that chat to make sure you hammer, and I mean hammer, the like and subscribe buttons. Now, today we're doing something a little bit different as we preview next week's Champions League semifinal matchup between Inter and AC Milan. Also sprinkling a bit of Serie A action. Why? Because we welcome back Francesco Porzios to the show. Francesco, how are you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Hello, 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 thanks again for inviting me. And now we have a new edition. Is this your first time on the show, Grella?
4: I think it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
2: Dude, it's great to have you with us. Great work this year across the Serie A coverage on Paramount Plus, and now the Galazzo Network. It's great to have you. Boys, we're going to get straight into it because there's a lot to get into and discuss about Italian football. Francesco, I'll start with you and Napoli. Last week, we talked about this big celebration that was happening. Napoli, they pretty much took the whole day off. They They moved the fixture so they could party harder and longer. And then what happened? They kind of They have it to wait it again. <laughs> they got to wait. So now, do we have to wait one more time or do you think we get it done this week? I
3: think today is the day. I mean, uh, I think we, we're just a matter of hours and the big celebration can finally start. And they're going to last a lot of time. They're going to last the whole weekend for sure, the whole month, uh, the whole summer, probably in Naples. But uh, the, the hot days will be the weekend probably. I had also the game against Fiorentina on Sunday, the home game against Fiorentina. But... I don't want to say that again because we discussed that for the last week, last week. It didn't work well for Napoli fans, but I think today is the day. Uh, they just win, just need one point against Udinese, so just to draw against Udinese and they will be automatically be the new champions of Italy. So I think it's the time to celebrate for Napoli fans.
2: Hey, Grella, do you think the same? I mean, I, I want to understand here, because I've been following you all the way throughout the season here. Not many people were predicting that Napoli would be in this position. Do you think they get the job done tonight? I also want to know from you, do you think the moment got the better of them at the weekend?
4: For the love of God, I hope they get the, the job done tonight so we don't have to come in the next day, to be quite honest, to, because it's – listen, they're the champions. They played the best football. They deserve to win. Um but whether it's this, whether it's today, whether it's the weekend, it, it doesn't matter. It's theirs. I think now what I'm interested to see, and Francesco makes a good point, they're going to party for a month, maybe two months, maybe whatever whatever it is. <laughs> what I'm interested to see is what are the intentions of the club for the se- the following season? Because when you look at all the greatest clubs in the world, whether it's the Man Uniteds, the Milans, the Juventus, the, the Man Cities of the world, as soon as they win, it's like back to business, Right. It's a party. It's a celebration. It's wow! A quick pat on the back, but then it's back to business. And so I'm, I'm I, uh, I know there's going to be a big party, but I want to see how fast and what kind of sort of intentions they have for the next season.
3: Also, we are talking about a team that started a new cycle this season. So if I were a Napoli fan or a, a Napoli director, I would be uh, looking forward the next seasons as well, you know, because you can create a new cycle. They are, they've got young players, talented players with great potential. So I think there is a great basis to build on something good for the next season as well. So just not to celebrate for one year and that's it. They have the potential to start a new cycle for the club that can be amazing. Yeah. But let's see what we'll do with, with some key players.
4: You know how difficult it is to build a team, you know, like uh, Ian, you've been in these situations where sometimes you have the most talented team in the world and for whatever reason you, you can't get results or it just doesn't click. And then, and then there's other times where you just have that good mix. In the locker room it's a good mix of personalities it's a good mix of different characteristics on and off the field and everything just works and, and you can't lose those opportunities because when you have those guys in the locker room you gotta you gotta make the best of it uh, and i think they have that now so like francesco says i think it's an amazing opportunity for them to yes of course win the scudetto first one in 33 years but let's kick on let's see where they can go with this you know can they push further in the champions league can they be Uh, Still playing the beautiful football that we saw them play really the first eight months of the season or seven months of the season because we haven't seen it, Napoli, in the last two months, we haven't seen them really play like themselves.
2: Yeah, I think injuries obviously come into play there with the form that they've had. It's been a little disappointing to see injuries. But of course, when you play the same team consistently, you rotate just a little bit there at some point. And you know this, Grella as well. At some point, injuries, fatigue will catch up with you. And especially with this massive weight of pressure, you're now going into the later stages of the Champions League. You've got Serie A title right there almost in your grasp. You feel that pressure. Now, the question to both of you before we move on from Napoli here, I'll start with you, Francesco, here, and then Grilla follow up. Can Napoli keep a hold of their best players going forward? Both of you are saying this would be great to keep and be able to build upon. Can they do it again next season? Is it possible for a club like Napoli and I know they spent a ton of money, Francesco, to get um, obviously Osman awesome into the club, but can they keep their superstars at the club and build from here? Financially
3: speaking, the answer is yes. Napoli are probably among one of the few teams around that can sustain this kind of uh, financial, financial situation. So, from that point of view, yes. The question is, if offer arrives, and probably they will for the big players like Ossiman or Cavazcalia or Kivin i has a release closed that's, that's another topic. Uh, are they willing to keep all of them? So that's the other question. And knowing the history of Napoli in the recent years, the, how the, the owner, Aurelio De Laurentiis, work in the last years, they probably won't keep all of them. Uh, maybe they will sell one, uh, and then rebuild from 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 with their money with other players. Uh, let's see. I, I I it's too early to say that now. Probably who is going to be the player leaving Napoli in the summer? Kim has a release close, so that's probably the most likely. But let's see the others as well.
4: Yeah, I think it will be difficult for them to to keep everybody. You know, as you say, and and we know uh, uh, the, the owner had no problem last season getting rid of Fabian Ruiz, Bali, uh, Insigne, uh, was a few others that I'm probably missing,
3: Mertens as well.
4: Mertens, I mean, Mertens was was a crazy one because I felt, you know, I, I didn't know exactly the numbers, but I felt like he was a guy for sure that you can use off the bench in the team. Yeah, uh, he named his Sanchiro, so he basically became Napoli Dano, and, and um, to to so, lose yeah. those guys and the owner had no remorse. He was just like, see ya, no problem. We'll <laughs> yeah. That scares me a little bit when you think of the likes of possibly losing um, an Ozzy men or, or, or a Karatskaya because neither player was themselves without, without that duo. So, so Ozzy we saw last season was a incredible striker, but not what he's was this season. I mean, this season was just ridiculous and that's a product of, of, of the team. You know, I know everyone said, Oh, well, Ozzy he's going to come back against Milan. He's going to make the difference. No question about it, but it's the product of the team. The team was the strength this season. So if they lose uh, Corazcalia, Oziman is not going to be as effective. Vice versa, if they lose Oziman, as we got a sample size with Napoli against Milan when they played three times, we didn't have Oziman in two of those games. Corazcalia looked bang average. Bang average. Get the ball on the sideline, slow the game down, get doubled, pass backwards, or, you know, sort of hopeful crosses into the box that didn't lead to anything. So they need each other. So if they start playing around with key pieces, I could see how Napoli could slip very easily in a very competitive Serie A out of the top four again next season.
2: Wow, powerful point right there, Grell. And I I love to hear your opinion on Kvariskele and how he performed without having Osman in the lineup there. And I also think that teams get used to watching how he plays. I mean, Kvara loves to pick up the ball on that left-hand side, loves to attack that fullback. But when you double up and sometimes triple up, it can put him out of the games at times, and you could see his confidence sometimes flowing when he didn't have that help around him. But I agree with uh, with both of you there. I mean, this is just a fabulous Napoli side, and at one point this season, the most entertaining team to watch in European football without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, let's get to the top four race right now. Obviously, we're going to get into the, the Milan clubs and what's happening in the Champions League semifinal. Um, but right now, the the race for top four is well and truly on. Yesterday's Milan result caught me by surprise, Gorilla. I didn't understand this one from Milan. They made a lot of changes to the lineup here, obviously with focus of the Champions League, but missing out on top four is quite a big thing for not only Milan, but also Inter and now Atalanta are back in the race in a big way.
4: Yeah, it was it was really crazy. Milan were the heavy favorites yesterday going into the day, minus 380 and the draw was plus 440. So, it's basically no real up chance of that happening. Milan in San Siro, yeah, they did rotate the team but playing against a Cremonese side that only won one game uh, away. So uh, it, it was crazy that they were not able to get the result. And actually, up until the last 10 minutes, they almost lost that game. So crazy for Milan. But Lazio did get the points uh, on the on the weekend, on the match day. But now it's obviously Milan-Lazio the, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and... and uh, Roma who lost the points, Inter who getting them, Roma's going to get Inter this weekend. So it's going to be a chance for the teams that lost points in this top four battle to get them, not only get them this weekend, but take them away from the, from their, you know, teams that they need to be taken away, teams that are just slightly ahead of them uh, in Inter and Lazio.
3: Mm-hmm. Plus, there is Atalanta against Juventus on Sunday, so it's going mean, to be a crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy weekend. Also, I, there is also Roma at 58 points. So we are talking about actually here how many clubs: one, two, three, four, six clubs for 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 three spots. So that's crazy. Um, I think uh, looking at yesterday's game, what's clear that when right now the teams are looking too ahead to other 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 fixtures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're missing out something. Uh, yes, the AC Milan example is clear. The second lines of AC Milan this season are not at the level they, they need to be. Uh, I'm, I'm sad actually about the Kettler because I had very, very good uh, opinion about him, but this season has been really, really disappointing. Uh, Origi the same. So if you look at the second lines of the, of the, of the Rossoneri, they're not at the level they need to be. Uh, also, if I were Stefano Pioli right now, I would put Leao in every single minute of of the season. No, uh, but he decided to rest him against uh, Cremonese, which was, in my opinion, a very, very surprising decision. Uh, let's see, because right now, uh, in Zag, yesterday he was actually right when he said about it that one day you think that Inter are like in a, best position to be in the top four the day after maybe they lose against Roma we think they're not even going to the Europa League so they're too close the teams. It's it's difficult to have a final judgment you know about who is going to the top four who is not going to the top four we have to look day by day what's happening
2: yeah it's pretty crazy Francesco here I'll ask you this one Francesco once again about the top four I mean it would be disastrous for one of these clubs to miss out on the top four and therefore miss out on champions so you can't rely on winning the Champions League this year obviously because of what we're seeing in the competition they could win it they absolutely have every opportunity of winning it but it would be a disaster for either AC Milan or Inter to miss out on Champions League football next season right a total disaster because
3: uh, for different reasons probably financially speaking Right now, Inter are in a worse position than AC Milan. So if you just look at the financial position of the clubs, Inter needed more than AC Milan. Uh, Otherwise, they might sell some very good players in the summer, so they need to avoid that. Uh, While AC Milan, on the other side, uh, first year under Pioli, uh, they did a really, really good job, you know, what happened with the the crazy season and all that. Then they 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 managed to, to win the Scudetto the, the, the year after. This year, they are in the semifinals of the Champions League. So you see a progress in this team year by year. Uh, go, not going to the Champions League will be a major step back in the project. I don't know if they can have also repercussions on, on Pioli's position, uh, but also if you think about Rafa Leao's future, he needs to extend his deal, who is doing the summer 2024 right now. So... Mm-hmm. They need that. They need that to be at that level. Otherwise, they cannot uh, sign more players. They cannot be uh, as attractive as they are right now. So they need it.
4: There was a moment uh, in yesterday's game when, sorry, and there was a moment in yesterday's game when Liao, the Cramonese the scored Okareke on a counter. Yeah. Uh, Kalulu tackles uh, Chao. Uh, and Okareke is alone with the goalkeeper and scores. And they zoom in on Liao's face. And the look of disgust, the look of disappointment on his face. I think he had just come onto the game, it just come into the game at the point at that point, and sort of like, oh, here we go. I, I gotta go and do it again because, at the end of the day, and we're, you know, I know we're gonna talk about this Champions League fixture coming up. At the end of the day, Milan, a, a lot of what they do depends on Liao. I mean, that's just the reality of it.
2: Think we lost you, Gorilla? Think we lost I you? I can actually go <laughs> on to this point. Maybe. <laughs> go ahead, Francesco. me out, but it's true. I totally agree with him
3: because we, if you look at the results of the past three months, the moment where AC Milan were not performing well is when Leao didn't score, didn't assist anything to anyone. Yeah. So when he was not performing well, AC Milan were not scoring points, and when Leao was performing at his best this season, look at the Champions League quarterfinals against Napoli probably the best games of AC Milan during the during the world season
2: I was helping you Mike I think that was he uh, well, just was jumped in say. he jumped in right there for you Mike Gorilla uh, and it says yeah obviously you're having some technical difficulties but listen we're going to take a quick break when we do return we're going to try and fix Mike Gorilla's microphone and his sound so he can hear us and we can move on how's the champions you're listening to stick right with us we're turning our attention to the Champions League semifinal next
5: selling a little or a lot Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash podcast.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: If you're a US-based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from Serie A to Champions League to NWSL and so much more in between. Not sure if it's for you? Then you can try it one month for free by using the code EUROPE. Welcome back, everyone, to House of Champions. It's Ian Joy. We also have, of course, Mike Grell, who can't hear us at this moment in time. He's having a few technical difficulties. And then Francesco Porzio. Welcome back to the show. It's great to have you with us, Francesco. Let's obviously turn our attention to the Champions League semi-final. Having a Milan derby is just such a special thing. Um, but I guess I want to know from you, you know, how important is this derby within Italian football? We see it worldwide. There is historic photographs around the world. But this derby within Italy, and there are many great derbies in Italy itself, but how important is this derby specifically?
3: It's hugely important because we are talking about uh, the, the the Milan derby is very particular compared to the others. Uh, you would expect to see, you know, crazy fans reactions like it, it might happen somewhere else. AC Milan or Inter Milan fans, they go to the stadium together. They are I mean, they are all friends together. Actually, they go out together. It's not like that kind of rivalry when they, they, you don't you don't necessarily stay with them all the time. You know, they, they are friends all the time. But then these weeks, trust me, they don't speak to each other. They they're not going to speak to each other as so much. It's going to be very quiet <laughs> if they go to dinner together. They don't they avoid to talk about football. They avoid to talk about the semi final. But the importance for the for the um, for for the city. And for the Italian football, it's incredibly high because nobody was expecting to see an Italian derby in the semifinals of the Champions League this season. Nobody was expecting that. But to see that kind of game, uh, while on the other side of the bracket, you have Real Madrid against Manchester City, in my opinion, probably the real final of this Champions League, no? uh, you see a di- kind of different mood on the other side. But that's the essence of the Champions League, in my opinion. The Milan Derby, I know I'm biased, but that's the essence of the Champions League. That's the kind of football games you
2: want to see in the Champions League. I agree with you, Francesco, because (laughs) you're going into this Derby game and you don't know who's going to win. You have no idea. There isn't a clear favourite here. You can't say this club is um, in a better position than this club. They're both fighting for top four in their domestic league. But when it comes to a Champions League, where, as you mentioned previously, and Guerrilla also mentioned, Nobody expected them to be here. Now they're at a tie where we get to see two wonderful games. We have no idea what's going to happen. They do have talented players in their squad. We obviously saw a fabulous performance from Inter yesterday, which was uh, pretty spectacular. So clearly uh, confidence is key going into these big games. Um, but there are some superstars who could really step up. But I also look at the Italian teams, of course, with Inter and AC in the semifinal. And... Um, it's not just about the superstars scoring goals, it's also about how difficult they are to beat. Inter in particular, I mean, what they did against the Portuguese teams, Francesco, was, was really special. And I would expect them to go into this uh, semi-final and be very difficult to beat against AC Milan. You think the same? I think the same. I think they both won, forget about the last
3: five minutes of the game uh, against Benfica, because I think that was a, you know they yep. already knew they were going through, so there was a different mood they both went through with their defense against against Napoli and against Benfica thanks to the incredible job they did with the defensive systems worked out perfectly and so to be honest if i have to predict something i don't expect two games with a lot of goals between inter and C- milan this right time. right also because of the tension the reason there remember last time it happened was two draws with two goals both in the second legs the second leg so uh, i don't see a spectacular game with incredible goals or like a, a, a 3-3 or a 5-3. I don't know. I don't expect that kind of games. But the atmosphere, the tension, that that kind of vibes will be incredible. And uh, I totally agree with you also the fact that uh, I was saying that, that before, that Inzaghi said that yesterday, after the game against Verona, if you think about Inter today, maybe you think they're the favorite. But maybe they lose against Roma on, on Saturday and AC yeah. wins against Lazio. And I trust me, it's going to be the opposite. They're going to say, you no, know, AC Milan are, are, are the favorite ones. And that's, clear, that's a clear signal that there is no favorite here. It's 50.0050 0050 and 0. 0.00 again, because there is no favorite in this kind of game.
2: I love to hear that, though. And that's the type of game that I look forward to tuning into watching because you just really have no idea who's going to win over two ties. Now, as far as Derby goes, you know, we have witnessed some great derbies, great rivalries throughout the year and throughout the, our lifetime and history in general. And when I grew up, I grew up in Scotland. We had Celtic versus Rangers. It was a rivalry where it was a pretty dangerous rivalry in the city. You didn't really want to be wearing green or blue in a, a certain area of the yeah. city. It's like for for media, for people, for fans, for for fan clubs when you have the ultras? Like, what's that build-up like to a semi-final match like this? Is it different from what you would witness in a Serie A game?
3: Uh, For sure, there will be much more tension, much more, as I said before, tension between the fans. But not like tension like somewhere else. The Milan Derby is different from the others. It's not like the... The the one you mentioned between Celtic Rangers, or if you think about Italian derbies, the Roma Lazio one probably is the most iconic one, no? Mm -hmm. With a lot of uh, uh, violent episodes that happened in the the recent years. It's a good thing. I'm not saying that it's a negative thing, actually. It's a very positive thing. The Milan derby, uh, we don't have episodes of violence since the 80s. Uh, then the ultras decided to have a sort of pact, and they they're not having any sort of violent conduct between between them. So that's a very good thing. And then, um, as I said before, it's a it's a different game because it's a city where there is the rivalry, but it's not like a rivalry like in other places that you don't you, you don't have friends that are AC Milan fans or the opposite. Uh, so it's a bit different. Mm, but it's very tense, actually. It's not It's not a way to say that it's less less tense than other places. The atmosphere would be incredible. And compared to the Serie A games, I, I don't remember other stadiums in the world that you have this kind of atmosphere for two semifinals in the same place. Uh, it's like having Boca River in the same Bombonera or in the Monumental, you know what I mean? Uh, they're both in the same place, in the same stadium, Just the opposite curvas are are going to be full of Inter or AC Milan fans in both games because all the other parts of the stadium will be completely full of mixture fans. They are trying to avoid it, to be honest. They are trying to, you know, uh, selling tickets to only um, uh, season ticket holders uh, to, to the home game for one team and the other one doing the same. They are trying their best. But it will be also stadiums won't be full Inter or full AC Milan when they play
2: at home. I've got a great comment from Ed, who's just jumped in the chat right here. Um, It's absolutely brilliant. He said, this might be the most understated Milan derby in my lifetime. I really don't see this getting the level of coverage I think it should. Do you agree with that, that not many people? And I mean, I guess you do. You have already pretty much said it everyone's focusing on what's happening on the other side of the bracket. You have Real Madrid, a giant. You have Manchester City, who are not a European giant, but trying to become a European giant, who are the favourites in this competition. Nobody's really talking about the Milan derby <laughs> in the other side of the bracket. Does that piss you off?
3: It pisses me off a, a bit, yes, of course, because it's my Italian pride here that gets touched. You know? <laughs> so... But uh, luckily, we are we are going to have two games in two different days. So people can focus on one game one day and then watch the other one the other day. Uh, but uh, I think it's normal because we are talking about Manchester City and Real Madrid, uh, one of the two two of the best teams around and nobody was expecting to have Inter Racing Milan in the semifinal. So it's normal. But trust me, if you are not that familiar with Italian football, you're not familiar with into AC Milan, the atmosphere of the stadium will be iconic, will be something different from any other stadiums in the world. And also to the younger generations that might be watching us, uh, this is not going to a stadium that will last forever because this is a stadium that won't be there in a few years. Uh, so it's a great opportunity to see something that probably you will not have other possibilities in the future to see it at this level of the competition. So it's something unprecedented. I oh, mean, no, unprecedented because it happened 20 years ago, but it happened 20 years ago and that's it. So it's a good opportunity to see a different thing and maybe something that won't happen again in the future.
2: Let's welcome Mike Grella back into the show here. Mike, um, uh, similar to like you did on the, the the field when you were playing there, we had to substitute you back in after some technical <laughs> difficulties. How are you, buddy? Can we hear you okay?
4: All good, man. Yeah, all good. Sorry about that. So, yeah, I, you, listen, uh, it's it's actually a shame. That that stadium, there's something magical about it. I was there a week and a half ago, and it was, uh, you know, you just look at the place, and it, it's sort of, um, it's sort of, all the history that's happened there and the, and the way it looks uh, it, it's just one of the most magical stadiums in the world. And, and it's a shame, you know, when I hadn't visited uh, before this or before last year, I think the first time was a couple of years ago, I said, Oh, the stadium's a hundred years old. How can they still play with the same stadium? You know, but when you visit it, you feel something different, you know, as a, as a lover of football, as, as someone who's lucky enough to play the game. Uh, you just feel something different there, uh, and uh, the history and the culture of the place. It's it's a shame that they will eventually get rid of it, but it's going to be magical. Uh, and yeah, of course, there's Real Madrid and Manchester City and other time uh, on the other side of the bracket. But nobody, nobody wants to play Italian teams, as anybody who follow football in the last in the history of football knows that the Italian teams may be not always the most talented bunch, but always figure out a way to become very difficult to 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 beat.
2: Hey, Gorilla, before we go to break, Francesco was just pointing out there that he's pissed off like I am, and I'm sure you are as well, that not many people are speaking about this side of the bracket here. Not many people are given the respect that these two teams deserve for the way they got to this stage in the competition. One of them will be in the final, and then we will probably start seeing the media pay more attention to the Italian clubs. Um, how do you feel about it? Because are you happy with them sort of just quietly going about their business, taking care of the semifinal? Or do you think people should be speaking about this side of the bracket a bit more?
4: Oh, definitely. I am I, I. think maybe I'm the opposite in that respect to Francesco. I understand what Francesco is saying, but I also think that the the reality of the ju- situation is Real Madrid uh, with what they've done in the Champions League uh, with Angelotti and what he's done in his career. You look at Manchester City, you look at Holland, what he's doing, you look at Pep, what he's doing. I think it's difficult to make a comparison that the Italian teams are at the same level. Can they beat them in a one-off match in a final? It's possible. Uh do I un- totally understand that those two teams are at a different level right now in this moment? Yes. If we're talking about Milan from 20 years ago or, you know, the golden age of Milan, then of course, then then you couldn't you couldn't talk about Manchester City at that time with Milan. But things change in football. I think the Italian teams are on the way up. So I, I understand why they're not getting a lot of coverage. But as an Italian fan, I'm very happy with everyone being very quiet about it and, and us sort of just sort of sneaking, it, sneaking into the, into the semifinals now, two teams into the, into the final. And the only reason why Napoli got knocked out was because an Italian team had to knock them out.
2: Yeah, that's a great point right there. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we do come back, we're going to get deep dive into what we expect, where the key matchups are going to be, and also get predictions from the boys. Stick around.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: Welcome back to House of Champions. Francesco, Mike, and Ian Joy here with you. We are discussing the semi-final matchup between the two Milan clubs. Let's get into it. Francesco, let's begin with the key battles. And uh, this is a game where key areas of the field is where this tie will essentially be won or lost. We recognize the superstars that are on display, maybe not the names that we have had in the past for both of these two big clubs, but key battles on the pitch. Where do you think this game could be won or lost?
3: I think the midfield, uh, because it's the strongest part of both teams, probably in a way, in the, in the recent in the recent weeks as well, uh, especially uh, Benasser's new way of playing in, under Pioli in the last month, especially uh, after the international break, when he started to play as a sort of number 10, but in a defensive way more of. Uh, he's going to play in the, in the area of Chalanoglu. So that will be the key area, I think, between the two teams, where Benasser is playing, Chalanoglu, and uh, also Mkhitaryan. Uh, these are going to be this this tri- triangle will be the most interesting one. And then, of course, we have the matchup up between uh, Leao and Darmian, probably playing on the on the right of the Inter defense. That will be key uh, f- for Inter. I'm I'm a bit worried about Dumfries because Dumfries is also playing that position. So Dumfries, defensively speaking, was good in the Champions League against against Benfica, but is not at the level of uh, of Darmian in that position. So uh, it would be interesting to see if they can cope that together.
4: Mike? Yeah, I think when you look at a lot of the metrics in the Serie A and uh, the big sample size that we have with Inter and Milan, last season Inter was the favorite to, to, to go and win. Last season, the Serie A. They won the Coppa Italia. They won the Supercoppa Italiana. They won the Supercoppa Italiana this year. They're in the Coppa Italia final against Fiorentina. They're in the semifinal. They're a tournament team. Is the point that I'm trying to make? They they are very difficult to beat. And when you look at the metrics, shot totals in the Serie A this season, Inter way ahead, 544 to 464. And you look at the xG, which I'm not a massive fan of, but they, they're they're way they're, they're, It's the the separation is unbelievable, 59.2 for Inter, only 48.8 for Milan. So, so that the gap is there. When you look at how many crossed attempts that Inter have, that putting dangerous balls in the box to the big strikers, Lukaku, Gieco, Martinez, who's on fire, 23 goals in all competitions, 800 crosses. This is before the, the game yesterday, but 800 crosses. Milan only 550. So when you look at a couple of these metrics, you think, okay, Inter's better than them in a lot. And, and Francesco makes a fantastic point. The two strong points of the team are are probably in the midfield. They both have very good midfields. But if you look at the midfield of, of Inter, it's slightly, slightly stronger. Uh, and the one thing that's interesting that Inter doesn't do, that Milan does a lot of, is, is, is a, a stat we call take-on attempts. And Milan has many more take-on attempts. They're f- uh, first in take-on attempts that lead to a shot, and, and Inter are last. So that tells you a little bit of something. And when you think of the word take on attempts, you think of one guy, you think of Liao and you have images of him and Napoli, I'm sure have nightmares of him going past one, two, three guys picking up the ball in his own end and going, you know, 60, 50 yards with the ball becoming unstoppable, becoming elite footballer. So I think that uh, Liao is the key also to the game. How can me, how can Inter stop Liao? How can, how can they make sure that even when he doesn't have the ball or even when they when Inter has the ball in possession, that they keep Liao under under wraps? Because if you're five yards away from him, it's not good enough. The second that he gets turned, it's it's a problem. So you have to have at least one player that's always mindful of where Liao is to either foul or to make sure that he doesn't get turned and get and get uh, 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 um, some sort of you know pace going forward. Napoli did it. Terrible job at that. They sort of yeah. said we're going to play our football, and you know, Liao, you know, we'll play our football. Let them adjust, and they didn't adjust to the main factor that the MVP of last season, Liao. They didn't adjust, and and he hurt them. Francesco, the, go
2: ahead, please.
3: No, no, I, I was wanted to add that I expect Inter to keep more the ball than AC Milan. So that's the key, probably, uh, about what you were saying. How can you keep the ball and avoid that Liao's? uh counterattacks because that's gonna be the key in both legs I'm sure. Um and then and then talking about talking about Inter, um probably Inter arrive right at the moment in the best conditions on a physical point of view than 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 before. Uh, I see Inter yesterday against Verona were impressive but also against Lazio they were they, they, they performed really well. So I think Inter are in a good in a good status. I don't know if AC Milan are kind of uh thinking too much about the semi-finals so they are keeping their their strengths and they they're they're they good things for the for the same finals we don't know that yet but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be incredibly tense that's for sure
4: i think i think the key to the match though yeah it's definitely possession but for me when i was uh w- we were lucky enough to go to the second leg to to watch napoli milan in in um Diego Armando Maradona Stadium, and yeah. and uh, I remember watching that game and saying Milan are most dangerous when Napoli has the ball, and so Inter will have possession, I, I think, uh, of the and con- more control of the game. But that is when Milan are the most dangerous. Milan's Milan's uh, sort of mo in the Champions League was defend, 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 be compact, stay in these in these, and then go quick with Diaz and Leal. Yeah. So they're happy not to have the ball and they're happy to hit on the counter. So that's when Inter has to be the most careful is when they have the ball and there's a lot of space behind the back line.
2: All right, I'm putting you both on the spot here. Francesco, we'll start with you. Obviously, we (laughs) we, we can talk about expected lineups here. I'd rather go for a combined starting 11 from you. If you were to mix these two clubs together, the best starting 11 here, I mean, there are so many stars that could be on display here. What would be your combined 11 if you're looking at it?
3: Uh, I, I start. Okay, I, okay, I don't have to go, go back and see the name. Okay, we have. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> a... <laughs> so I, I started with Magnan, to be honest because I think he's the best, one of the top three, four goalkeepers in Europe. So with all due respect, with Onana, which I really like to be honest, but there is no no competition here, uh, in my opinion. Then if we go to the defense, uh, actually I'm gonna switch to Hernandez on the left. And Darmian on the right, uh, uh, I went with a 4 3 you know, to, to be more, more compact, let's say, and to be to try to find a way between the two, the 3-5-2 of Inter and the 4-2-3-1 of AC Milan. So I see, for example, Teo Hernandez being one of the best fullbacks we have in Serie A, so I have to put him in. And Darmian, I really like him. I think he's a very underrated player that, defensively speaking, has been crucial this season for Inter. He's coping the absence of Milan Screener. So yeah. I think that we have to remember that. Milan screener was one of the best, if not the best, Inter defender. He's not playing since January, basically. So we're talking about an incredible player. And Darmian basically make us forget about Screener. So we have to consider that. Then for the, for the centre-backs, I opted for uh, one for AC and one for Inter. So I went for Tomori and Bastoni uh i think there are the two more complete ones also bastoni is a very good player when it comes to start an action maybe a counter attack with a with a with a long ball to the to the midfield or to the to the to lautaro or Lukaku. uh and tomori i really like him so i really rate him as a, as a very good defender so i i put him in the most difficult one let me say was that was the midfielders because uh, i had to put out tonali which was really really difficult because yeah. i wanted to put mikitarian in i think mikitarian has been the best player this season for inter uh, by far uh, he's been crucial for inter he is one of the probably the player that played most minutes uh, uh between the midfielders if i'm not mistaken he started uh basically all the games in the last in the last uh in the last year so he was fundamental for for Inzaghi especially because both Cialanoglu and Brozovic had some injuries, so Mikitaryan was always there. So uh, I had decided to put Mikitaryan instead of Tonali. And then, for me, Chalanoglu and Barella are the two key players for Inter, so they have to be in, in the top 11. Ben Nasser, crucial player for AC Milan, already said that before, he's going to be key player also in the semifinals because he's going to play in the same position of Cialanoglu. So it's going to be super, super important, his, his, uh, his role in the, in the semi both legs. And then Leao, I mean, how can I explain that Leao has to be there, of course, in the top 11. <laughs> Leao has to be in the top 11. And between Lautaro, Lukaku and Giroud, I opted for Lautaro because I think he's the, he's the best one of the top of the three.
2: Not great in the Champions League, though. I will say that, though. If you look at his statistics over but last he scored the players, goal against Barcelona, and, just...
3: and we wouldn't speak about Inter here <laughs> if it wasn't for that goal. So,
4: one but good one.
2: All right, let's get into it, Grella here. This is your uh, combined 11 uh, to compare with that one, not too far away.
4: Very similar. So, key point uh, I want to make Darmian, very underrated player. He, listen, he's not a player that you're going to watch in, in, in moving forward here, and you're going to say, wow, I, he's incredible. But he does a lot of the simple things right. And I think he embodies what the team is. He's, he's difficult to, to go around. He's, he's responsible. You know what you're going to get week in and week out. Uh, he was benched for Dumfries. Still great attitude when he's asked, when he when he's called upon. And I think he's done a fantastic job. So that, that's number one. The rest of our back line is the same. Bastoni, Tomori, Teo Hernandez. Teo Hernandez, for me, the best left back in Europe at the moment. One of the best in the top three for sure. When you look at the midfield, where it was very difficult for me, Barella, Chaonolu, I think, are staples in, in, in this combined eleven. they the, the two players with the most talent that can sort of give you things that are different unlock defenses. They can give you box-to-box uh, tackling. Tonali and Benesera was a difficult one for me, but I went with Tonali um, just because I think he's, he's done really well in the last two years in terms of really figuring out what he brings to the table, and that's picking up first balls, second balls, and giving it, and, and giving it to, to other guys just very physical player uh and then in the front was Liao and Lautaro Martinez Martinez with the goal total of 23 throughout the season in all competitions it's hard to leave someone like that uh on the on the on the bench Liao speaks for himself and then I was stuck between Mkhitaryan and Diaz and I went with Diaz just because I think that uh last season he was not so great but this season, he made a difference in all the games against Napoli, where he was able to turn and s- sort of start the counterattacks. Uh, and he always, whether he's playing well or whether he's playing poorly, always brings the the correct attitude. Unlike unlike uh, what you you know CDK that we mentioned earlier, so he always brings the right application to the game. So th- this is the eleven I have. I didn't mention mention Manyan, but he's also a, a, a staple for me in this combined eleven. Love it. I love but the you people for that. You
2: see- it's 50-50
3: here. I mean, yeah, we yeah. we didn't speak before, me and Mike, but uh, yeah. we basically opted for the same 11. Yeah, there is Tonali and Diaz, I put in Ben and uh, and Mikitarian. but at the end of the day, we are talking about the same structure of the team. So, as you can see, it's unpredictable what can happen in the semifinals.
2: Love to see that. Listen, great commitment from both of you right there. But we did that on purpose, Francesco, so that you wouldn't communicate and try to put this game a little bit. We did it on purpose. (laughs) We wanted to see where your minds were taking you. Uh, Boys, this has been fantastic. I'm going to get to some of the comments because there's a lot of love for both of you out there. Vic saying Francesco is back. Our Serie A expert. Applause to you for coming back as well. Grella and Francesco from Rafa Cardenas. Appreciate the love right there. Uh, Rafa jumping in and saying, just don't see them sustaining the form this season. Enjoy it. Well, alas, that is to Napoli fans right there. There. They're going to be partying for the next month right there, Rafa. Come on, give me a break. Mir Safet, Rahman Abir jumping in. I'm just hoping as an AC Milan fan that we can get a top four finish in the league as Rafa Leal's contract seems to be on hold for that particular reason. By the way, we're going to win our eighth uh, Champions League title. Francesco, I think you were talking about that. Uh, Rafael Leal's contract being such an important one. Musto jumping in and saying Inter will win the derby. What happens if UEFA ban Juve from European competitions next season? Does it go to the club behind? them in the competition Francesco we'll come to you on that one there what happens if Juve do end up losing their points right now what I, I was
3: hoping to, avo- to avoid Juve's <laughs> questions for this time but uh, seems it's impossible but uh, I think yeah we'll go the, the, technically we'll be the fifth in the, in the table to go to the, to the Champions League in that case but as I said many times we have to wait and see what happens because if the Champions League semi-finals are unpredictable don't talk about Italian justice system so Uh, that's going to be even more unpredictable.
2: Ali A jumping in and saying, AC Milan Champions League Heritage right there. Seven times winners against three times winners. Vic jumping in and saying, too much at stake for both of these teams. Roma can capitalize on a situation to leap into the top four surely. Inter will line up uh, with the Milan Derby in mind. Great to see that one right there. Uh, Nice one here uh, for you saying, uh, Mike, what a great recovery. Welcome back to the show after your technical difficulties right there. Vic appreciated your absence and then your reappearance. We love to see that one in it. Ed saying, I don't think there are any more flares in stock in the city. The San Siro will be lit up for this tie. And I think that's a perfect way to finish. Boys, this has been awesome. I think we should do this more often. Obviously, getting the opportunity to talk about Italian football is a joy for me. Um, I followed Milan since the old Rudhulet days. And uh, yes, that tells you how old I was. Um, <laughs> and it was obviously uh, George Weah who took it on. And then, of course, on and on and on the Champions League success grew. But it's great to have the opportunity to speak to great Italian man Grella, Gorilla, continue to do the fantastic work you're doing on Paramount Plus and the Galata Network. I love watching your transition from the field into uh, being a businessman, but now on to television as well. It is quite remarkable, and at some point, your story needs to be told, and I'm going to be the one who tells it. Francesco. Enjoy the week. I know you're going to have a great weekend. You make party along with uh, Napoli fans. You'll be enjoying the weekend with the crazy games, the top four finish, and of course the Champions League to look forward to. There's so much to look forward to, Italian fans out there. Uh, big thank you to everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Grella, are you going to come back on the show?
4: I'd love to anytime. It was a lot of fun. Francesco, thanks. You know, that was great. Ian, thanks again for the shout out. But uh, yeah, honored to be here. Thanks, man.
2: Francesco, uh, final word from you. What are you doing this weekend? Where are you going? Which games are you watching?
3: Uh, all of them, actually, because I have to work for them. For... <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the three, three Champions League ones. So Inter, Roma, Roma, Inter on, on Saturday, Milan, Lazio on Saturday as well. And Atalanta, Juventus on Sunday are going to be all great. And Napoli, Fiorentina, because there will be the big celebrations there finally. So another one to watch.
2: They'll still be drunk by the time they get to the field on that day. Boys, I appreciate you. Thanks to everybody out there for the comments as well and jumping in the show. The regulars are there, but the new ones as well. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening and watching. How's the Champions? We'll see you next time.
0: old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts